72 green bottles hanging on the wall. 72 green bottles hanging on the wall. And if one green bottle should accidentally fall, would the EFL pick it up or temporarily suspend it? Its opening fixture against Milton Keynes could be gone. Whilst we're all left asking, when will we sort out who runs our football clubs and look after the fans? Barry, we've got you. This is the Totally Football League Show. Back again, it's me, Caroline Barker, and the FA have introduced sin bins in grassroots this season. Can we send a few others their way? No sinning here. Let he who cast the first stone lay it off to the midfield dynamo that is Arsenal bypasser Adrian Clark. I don't know if that's because you're likely to have a heart attack now every time you step on a football pitch. Uh, yeah, well, quite possibly. How yeah. was your summer? It, very good, thank you. Yeah, I loved it. Um, yep, didn't yep. work too hard, which was which was a definite plus. Uh, from midfield, he picks it up and lashes it up front. Four years later, super Sammy Parkin finally gets on the end of it. Hello. Hi, Caroline. Yeah, you look refreshed. Is that a golf course tan? It's been a long summer. Yeah, I'm itching to get back in now. I've had plenty of holidays. The golf was really good and then it's been suffering in the last week. So I just need to get back up watching some football, I think. See, I was actually on the wind-up, but you have just been playing golf. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Anyone on the golf course we should know about that you bumped into? Uh, oh, just lads I was apprentices with, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, He's not giving anything nice. away, is he? No, is he? <laughs> no, no. Was it with you, Adrian Clark? It wasn't with me. He didn't even ask me for a game. Okay. And if he had done... I'd obviously have said no. So we've, we've narrowed flirted. it down then. We flirted with the idea, haven't we? Flirted with it, but then I... Re- that I you told I heard, me you were 36 I heard, I heard whispers that you were good, so <laughs> I stepped away. <laughs> I, I'm actually champion, if anyone's bothered to ask, no. of the golf course in the middle of Leon. If you go there, you will see my name on... It's the one with the windmill and everything, you know, the crazy golf. <laughs> uh, he's only here so we can ask, what in the name of football is wrong with Bolton? That and his money is quite handy. From William Hill, Joe Crilly. Hello, hello. What in God's name is wrong with Bolton? Everything right. is wrong with Bolton. Are they going to be okay? Who knows? I mean, they've been in administration since the end of last season. They have a, a new consortium who are set to buy the club, but as of yet, it's still up in the air with everything uh, not yet being finalised, which led to a situation on Tuesday whereby if uh, they didn't prove that they had the funds in order to fulfil the season, yeah. their first game of the season would have been postponed. Thankfully, they managed to do that, but the summer has been a horrific one for Bolton Wanderers. PFA had to bail them out in the end to, to yeah. hopefully make this deal go through. Yes, yeah, so Are we big lovers of that, a PFA? I, I would go for anything for a club to be safe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get onto that in a minute with Berry. But the PFA having to, to step in? Well, it doesn't bode well for the finances of the prospective owners, does it? That they need a loan to kickstart their ownership of the club doesn't tell us that they're they're flush with cash does it so that's an issue no good on the pfa for doing it they have also said my initial response was well why aren't they helping berry and then i did read quotes from gordon taylor that said we have been loaning money to berry as well so they're they're doing their bit um but it shouldn't be down to them should it well it's uh, go on I'll I, I think with the difference in the cases is that the because the takeover hasn't been finalised at Bolton Wanderers, that the prospective owners, the future owners, have proved that they have the funds to repay the loan that the PFA have loaned them, whereas yeah. the PFA weren't going to give bury the money because they haven't yet proved that uh, they would be able to repay that loan. So I think once all of the, the T's are crossed and the I's have been dotted at Bolton, fingers crossed everything should 
start to look a little bit brighter, albeit with a at least a 12-point deduction this season. The post bag has been busy, not least over Bolton and Bury over the summer, at the Totally Show. A nice, easy one to start. Rich Beedy asks, are the EFL fit for purpose after the way they've handled the Bury and Bolton situations? We seem to hark back to the, the same thing over and over again when these circumstances arise. And yeah, reading about the Bury situation today, there was clearly problems with this chap's finances when he took over the club. So they need to get that in order. They stopped them from being able to sign players. Mm. That seemed to be the punishment once they realised that he didn't have the, the finances in place. That has to be done before he gets in charge of the football club. They have to make that more stringent. Yes, there's the fit and proper persons test, which he seemed to pass because he's not been involved in criminal activity or he's not been bankrupt at that point. But to let him you know, take over a football club that had, I thought, spent quite a lot of money uh, bringing players in under the past regime. It's very difficult for everyone to stomach, I think. So that's the the bottom line, isn't it? That has to be improved moving forward as yeah. we're going to continue to see these it's cases. Tighten the rules, don't they? And, and, and not allow clubs to just hemorrhage cash in the way that they are. I feel obviously incredibly sorry for Berry fans and the players as well who haven't been paid and the staff. But in regards to their promotion, they, they got it by unfair means, really. That's that's my issue with it. They spent what they couldn't afford. I think maybe they should have got tougher with Berry earlier on in the summer mm. and threatened them with demotion because I'm looking at Newport, the, the losing playoff finalists, and thinking they're more deserving of a place in, in League One than Berry are, who effectively spent money they didn't have to get there. That's As we take. record this uh, Wednesday, new time of the show... They have just had a winding up petition against them dismissed. This is Berry. That's over an unpaid tax bill. We'll find out a little bit more about them a little bit later on when we're going to hear from the BBC's correspondent on all things Berry and Bolton. And that is just to put a smile on your face, Joe Crilly, our token Bolton fan. Right, let's start our full EFL preview in the Championship next. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. 19 new managers across the EFL then. It seems like the majority of them have landed up in the championship. Nine of 24 are new at the top of the EFL. It's welcome back to Fulham, Huddersfield and Cardiff and to Charlton, Luton and Barnsley. Luton against Middlesbrough kicks off things in the EFL on Friday night. That game on telly. Frankie's gone, so we can't say Derby County's Frank Lampard TM anymore. Although, although by the looks of it, there's a few more clubs that we can level that at. Not least Middlesbrough's. Jonathan Woodgate's Middlesbrough TM, that'll become the new one. Uh, Che Adams has gone. Charlton, that kind of will-lee-won't-lee moment. I didn't write that. Posh Abbey did, but it's actually quite fine. (laughs) That happened, didn't happen. He's still staying at the club. Where do you want to start then? Everyone's had a swap around. Managerial merry-go-round, Mr Clark. Oh, goodness me. Uh, It's so hard, isn't it, to, to know where to start Relegated clubs? Uh, relegated clubs, yeah. I think that Fulham are looking good in terms of their forward line. But I would ask the question in regards to their defence, which was, quite frankly, one of the worst Premier League defences of all time. They haven't really brought in any additions there. So they're relying, I guess, on Scott Parker's organisational skills, which which were good, actually, towards the end of the season to, to see them through. But So I, I understand why they're, they're touted among the favourites, because the firepower is frightening, isn't it? Mitrovic. That was key, right? Yeah. Hanging on to him. I know we'll, we'll come on to the best signings in each tier but for me to get him to 
put pen to paper. He's incredible. I'm a massive fan of his. Of course, he didn't get on with Rafa Benitez, but I still can't believe that that didn't work up there. The way that they adore a number nine, I think he's got everything and it's mouth-watering. With Knockart and um, Cavaliero, isn't it? On the other side, Kearney, they've got potential to get that trio in midfield back together. McDonald, Johansson and Kearney, who we probably well, waxed To get promoted, about. you need to be scoring what it, 80, 90 goals a season, don't you? So I, I would back them to do it. It's just at the back. And, and is Scott Parker the guy to improve them defensively? Based on his caretaker spell, you have to say yes. So, so They looked a lot calmer towards the end of the season. Yeah. That, that sort of initial panic from the club that probably did for them. I mean, I saw Fulham last few weeks of the season and they, they didn't necessarily get... I mean, the results didn't improve greatly, but... The camaraderie, the togetherness, as you would expect from the supporters. Everyone was with Scott Parker. Defensively, still big issues. If they can get that right, they're probably going to be in, well, in half an hour's time, they might be in my top two. (laughs) Cardiff look good, I think. Do you know what I think? I mean, they're looking pretty solid. Kept the bulk of their squad, haven't they, together? But is that the key, Joe? We talk about Fulham couple of real key signings that they've brought in albeit on loan and Cardiff keeping the majority of their squad together is that why you're, you're hedging your bets towards them yeah I think with um with Cardiff what I tend to to see with with teams that have been in the Premier League for so long like Stoke Blackburn even Bolton Wanderers when they go down the core of players is a Premier League squad mm. and you need players who know the championship now the Cardiff team have only been in the Premier League for one season so they're coming straight back down into a division that they know. And, and for that reason, and with the manager, Neil Warnock, they have to be considered amongst the favourites. I would, I would probably go with them more so than, than Fulham personally. Arguably, Mr Warnock's staying as well. If you want someone, Sam, that's going to drill that attitude into you of, we're back in the Championship, we're not about to fall through the Championship, this is about going back up to the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I do fancy them. I suppose it's a lot of it's how they start, as Neil Warnock got that real fire to do it once again can lightning strike twice because of they weren't necessarily the best team when they went up um you know with wolves the season before so they're not going to concede any goals no. they've yeah. brought in flint from, from middlesbrough curtis uh, uh, nelson very good player from from oxford as well uh volks from rotherham they've made some good signings good they're a bit short up front but Bobby Reid back yeah. in the championship should get goals as well. So I just think on their defence alone and on Neil Warnock, you have to go with that experience probably ultimately over Scott Parker because he's a he's a rookie. There's another team that's going to come into the mix in a minute. Go on. But Leeds United. But, you know, out of the two relegated sides, I just think Cardiff will probably do a bit more business and they're going to be set up not to concede goals and win games ugly. For Leeds... We've had quite a few people ask who are the, the best loanees or who could be the best loanees into the championship that can make the difference for their team. Selling Jack Clark to Tottenham, then loaning him straight back, I think he'll be key for them this season. Again, they've been through that initial, blimey, what is this? We're doing 50 laps around the, the pitch and we're already knackered um, with Bielsa. And, and they know what to expect, the majority of this team. They do, but the one glaring weakness of Leeds last year was the lack of bodies not a big enough squad and they haven't addressed it I can't believe it Harold Acosta is a great sign and they needed another forward to, to add competition to spice up the attack that's that's smart Ben White's coming for Pontus Janssen on loan from Brighton I've heard good things about him yeah. let's let's see how he handles the championship but I expected squad players to be brought in I expected a, a, a number of other additions that haven't arrived at Ellen Road yet so for that reason even though they are favourites in many people's eyes I'd say that they're not really 
that much further forward than they were this time last year, apart from Helder Costa. Bamford and Roof, mm. unlucky with injuries, perhaps. Those two, I think, will be key if they can keep them fit. And hanging on to those two, I think, was probably key. Well, I think he'll be better this year, Bamford, for his time last year when yeah. you know the jury was really out on him. I agree about, about Costa and sometime producer of this show, Jeremy, asked the, the question about whether they need to add another centre-half. Yeah. And I've uh, watched a lot of footage of Ben White the last 24 hours and uh, remember him in that wonderful run that Newport had when they mm. played Tottenham twice. Looks exceptionally composed on the ball. A better footballer than Janssen, I would say, already. Probably not as competitive as Janssen, but I think that's an upgrade in terms of playing out. And it looks like they may start the season playing with three centre-halves. I know it's a very fluid system, but it looks like they may play with a three. So Barami, I think, comes back into the mix. And I think they probably need to add one more would be my my hunch on it. Although Luke Ayling could potentially play the right-sided centre-half. But I agree with Adrian. I still think they're a little bit short. But having had the experience of last year and, and very nearly getting the job done, it'll be about accumulating the points early, maybe holding on to a degree again. But Marcel Bielsa is still at the football club. I strongly fancy him to get the job done this year. I mentioned that Lampard TM gone. Koku is in. A derby changing manager then. Most recently, Philip Koku ill-fated manager at Fenerbahce. It was only there, what, four months. We spoke with Turkish journalist Khan Bayezid to find out more about Koku. Koku is a little bit of a pragmatist. He will opt for the safe choice in his in his squad selection. At PSV, there's a very different philosophy than there is, for example, at Ajax. Where at Ajax, for example, they, they believe that in the, the, the final couple of years of the players' development needs to be done in the first team. At PSV is more the philosophy as well. You know what? If these guys are ready at 2021, then we'll bring them in. But if they're not... That's not going to happen. While at Ajax, they might get uh, the opportunity already at 18, 19 or something like that. Uh, and Koku, I think he's always going to build his squad around uh, certainties, if you know what I mean. I, I don't know exactly if he's the right choice for developing young talents uh, necessarily. I'm not saying that he doesn't do that, but he's going to be more careful about it. He's going to take less risks with giving young players opportunities and is going to uh, focus more on the established players. Conan talking about the fact that actually this is not a manager that works well with, with kids, with youngsters coming through. Is is there a big red light flashing above that going warning, warning, warning? <laughs> well, it might be because they were the, the kids were the best players, weren't they, last year? The, the use of the loan market was, was outstanding. And I'm surprised that they haven't filled those gaps because they're, they're big gaps, aren't they, to, to fill with, with Tamuri and, and, and Mount and, and Wilson in particular. I do like Kieran Dowell. I think mm. that that's a really smart acquisition so so I think he'll be a big hit on loan from Everton yeah it's Derby got the basis of a pretty good squad let's let's be frank they should be top half but right did you just say let's be frank I did (laughs) (laughs) love it um but you wouldn't say they've made a step forward, would you? Koku has more experience as a manager than Nampar, that's for yeah. sure. It did really well with PSV. So let's let's forget the blip in Turkey and, and, and say that they've recruited a manager that, let's face it, is, is probably an upgrade on Lampard. Can't judge it on four months. You can't judge it on, what, 25, 26 days, however many days he's, he's been in the club. What about those then promoted? Luton, Barnsley, Samuel favourite, Mr Stendhal still there, and Charlton. Who do you fancy out of those three? Oh, I'm concerned about Luton. 
I really am, and and Charlton for for different reasons. Barnsley, I would I would say are probably best best suited to finish middle of the bottom half. Luton, I'm not sure about the recruitment there. It doesn't fill me with optimism. Tunnicliffe, McManaman, Craney, players that have been around the block at that level. I just really have loved watching Luton in the last couple of years, the mm. exciting brand of football. And yes, needs must. You need a bit of experience when you go up, but I'd like to have seen them sign a little bit younger players and, and, and play a, a really similar do brand of football and really go and attack it. Do you so. think that the worry for Graham Jones would have been that have these young players reached their ceiling? Because some of them have had a crack at the championship before and not been amazing, probably because they were coming through. They took Lee one by storm, but he's hedging his bets, I think, here by bringing in proven championship performers, isn't he? I can see why they've done it. Yeah, I, th- I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more excitement, yeah. you know, for, for the supporters going into the, the, the next tier. Probably question marks about who's going to get those goals. Hilton and, and Collins have been so prolific in the in the lower two tiers, but I don't envision them hitting anywhere near those those numbers. So they're going to have to spread the goals out. Likes of Moncur, Loire Loire's back there for for another season after. They've a got to hang on to James Collins though, haven't they? I, mean, I know we've only got a few days. They have. They, have, they have yeah. to trust that he's going to do the business. People yeah. didn't think that he'd make the step up to League One because I think he had a bit of a poor season once upon a time at that level. You know, I've, I really backed him last year and was delighted he did it. So they have to trust that he's going to do it. But I always say, and we'll come on to other players later, League Two to League One, not a problem. No. The Championship, you need to have that yard to get away from people. It's not enough to just be predatory. I think they'd be the best of the promoted yeah. times. So I'm worried about Barnsley because any team that loses your goalie and your two centre-halves, who were great, all three were fantastic... Mm. I think that's got to have some kind of effect. And obviously, the policy of only going with younger players is risky, I think, at, at championship level, where you do need, as, as Sam was saying, you need that element of sharpness, a bit more quality. But I do think the experience at that level counts for something. And I look at their team, there's not many championship games between them. And, and so, so for that reason, they're a big uncertainty, I'd say, ahead of the season. You think all, all three will, will scrap down the bottom, Joe? No, so when Sam said uh, he thinks Luton are going to struggle, I raised at least one eyebrow. And, and don't remember what happened when I said I thought Grimsby would be mid-table last season uh, or maybe even make the playoffs. I actually think Luton might make a run for the playoffs. They're 11-2 to to do so. Uh, they've got a bit of experience. They also have a lot of cash burning a hole in their pocket as well. So if they are mid-table yeah. in January, they've got the money then to bring in a few players or... They could maybe even bring a couple of players in before the deadline day. Good news is we're in a new studio which has this this softened table because there was almost something being thrown down then. I don't know if it was a, a yeah, goal. I'd love not, it but to happen, but I think they're going to be quite prudent with the, the money, aren't they? They're not going to chuck loads of money at it, I don't think. And we've got Stadium's the new, new stadium on the horizon as well, so I don't think they're going to you know go for it because of the problems that arise when I, when I was at the club. They're overspent and... Well, they've got a manager that's new them. to the gig as well. So like that's a, that's an unknown for Luton, isn't it? Nearly had a manager new to the gig, Charlton, but he's staying. <laughs> Third in League One. We've all got worries about them. The players that they they brought in, I like Ben Amos from Bolton. Macaulay Bond from Lake Norrent, was, was that 200,000 as well? And keeping Lyle Taylor. Again, it's that, that transition, how well he can do in the Championship. I, I think they've done reasonably good business exciting players but lacking that experience to a degree but it's more about what they've lost I think uh, Rebo and the two low knees in, in, in Cullen and um, and Bielik who 
just going back, it's been linked with a move to Derby. Yeah. I mean, and that's the area where Derby were, it was their Achilles heel, their lack of physicality in, in the middle of the pitch. So that would be amazing for them. Charlton, he's, last weekend he was talking about needing four or five more, Lee Bowyer. So he's not confident that they've got enough to attack it. But I think you're right, Caroline. McCauley Bond's a really exciting signing. Chucks and EK deserves another opportunity. Yeah. Oshilaja from, from Wimbledon as well really good player I think and, and deserves his opportunity in the championship but and that's my... what consistently they've done well yeah with those players and bringing them through right I am going to get your who's going to go up who's going down so have a think about that just for a moment this has happened in the last half hour Sheffield United agreeing a club record 20 million pound deal for Swansea striker Ollie McBurney could be mm. a, a big one too so Sheffield United then in that 20 million deal Swansea saying goodbye to Ollie McBurney now they're just all shutting the doors the windows <laughs> turning the telephones off no one answer anything because that's what could happen right then judging that and who we know up to this point on Wednesday as we record who's your top three in the championship Sam oh we're allowed to top three yep Cardiff leads Fulham is that in order oh in order I think so. Quite demanding. I think so. <laughs> Cardiff leads Fulham. Fulham and Cardiff to go up automatically. Stoke to win the playoff against Leeds in the final. You got to pick Stoke every season, right? <laughs> Joe? I thought that was a uh, given. <laughs> <laughs> Cardiff, top, Fulham and Brentford. I think Brentford will be in the playoffs. I'm going to go Cardiff, Fulham, uh, Brentford. There we go. Getting relegated. Adrian Clark. Oh dear, the prophet of doom. Hey, uh, Wigan, they're going down. Not happy really with their incomings. I don't think they've lost Nick Powell, of course, who's been a bit of a talisman for them. Charlton, I'm afraid, <laughs> they need a bit more. And Lee Bowie, I don't think he's going to get it off Roland de Chatelet. He was on the radio yesterday bemoaning Did how, you hear? how much he was losing. Can, uh, can I just <laughs> make a point on that? So he was on a well-known national and international sports station and before coming on for about half an hour maybe an hour beforehand the presenter was talking about the fact that they're going to have a well-respected owner of an EFL <laughs> club on and just kept saying how well-respected the owner and then it was interesting let's put it that way it's well worth a listen it was well worth a listen yeah he, he, he was moaning his head off shall we say um, so yeah Wigan Charlton and oh, Barnsley or Reading I'll go for Barnsley Sam Wigan Reading I don't want to do it, but Charlton. You're all wrong. Joe. Charlton. <laughs> Charlton, Wigan, nil. Did you put Charlton in there twice then? Charlton, 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 Wigan and Millwall. Uh, I would go with one of those is right. I'm going to go Wigan, Millwall and who else did you say? Barnsley. Barnsley. Came out. Oh, did you say Reading. Barnsley? Mm, Reading. Wigan, Millwall well. and Reading. Let the haters hate. <laughs> Joe, are any of us going to be correct on that when it comes to the numbers? The favourites for relegation, Charlton, 2-1. to one, Clear of Barnsley and Reading, who are both 9-4. to four. Team that nobody mentioned then, level with Wigan and Millwall at 3-1, to one, QPR. Uh, and then Hull and Luton at 7-2. to two. Yeah, QPR, I worry for them, but I think you'll do enough. He'll do enough. Well-versed listeners will know that this is the point where we say that's the championship done. League One is next. 
It's a new season and we've got a new sponsor. You want to know where you can watch EFL highlights this season? Well, you can watch them on Quest and Quest OD. Quest is the home of EFL highlights on free TV. They're here for all your championship, League One and League Two requirements. Where can you find Quest? Well, stick Freeview on, Channel 12, FreeSat 167, Sky 144, Virgin 217, or just go online and watch Quest OD. .co.uk. Do that and you could be watching this weekend's football an hour and a half before Match of the Day gets started. And you can't watch Southend United on Match of the Day, can you? Can you, can't. Mr Clark? You can't, but you can watch them on Quest. This season we'll be working with Quest, bringing you some special in-depth features on some of the best games of the seasons. Southend likely is going to mention every week. You love it, we love it, so watch it on Quest. Freeview Channel 12, FreeSat 167, Sky 144, Virgin 217, bingo! Or just go online and on questod.co.uk. League One then, the League Two. I don't want to say very bad news because I think lots of people have avoided it. We have spoken about Berry already. We're going to get the latest on Berry in just a moment. They won't be playing the opening weekend in the new EFL season after they didn't receive that reassurance in the running of the club, the league. So as a result, Milton Keynes will also not be playing this weekend too. Bolton will be after the EFL was satisfied with their structure. So the Wanderers derby still very much on there up against Wickham. Everything else uh, somewhat less important than that. But there were managerial moves. Darren Moore, Doncaster Rovers, Gillingham. Steve Evans is in. Uh, Paul Wilkinson at Berry Blackpool. Simon Grayson. What do we all think of the managerial appointments, not least in Kent, where Steve Evans has arrived? <laughs> Why are you looking at me? Uh, he's... Uh... He's signed a lot of players, hasn't he? Gilling. I mean, a whole new, whole new squad, tons of low knees. Looking at the names, you know a lot of the names. So, so these are guys that that are that are decent, decent players. It's just how they'll gel as as a team. It's one of those where the Fulham situation has been sort of touted now as as what not to do. Yeah. Okay. But if you buy so many new players and so many low knees, they take over the dressing room. And I think that that, that that issue of having two camps is kind of negated. And that might happen at Gillingham. But they've, they've lost their main striker, haven't they, Tom Eve? So, so that's a big loss. I don't fancy them to, uh, to go up automatically or anything like that. I think they'll be mid-table. I mean, Steve Evans came on this show towards the end of last season and he categorically stated that he wasn't going anywhere near Gillingham. If he has had a thought about this, I mean, he's known who he was looking out for in each position. He's been to that many clubs and seen that many clubs and that he kind of knows those players that he's going to bring in anyway. Yeah, and um, he, he struck the right chord, I think, with the supporters. There's always a bit of scepticism when he takes a job. They seem to be quite on board with him last year. The honeymoon period didn't last long. Uh, at Peterborough, the people weren't best pleased with the, the the brand of football and they certainly had an upturn when Darren Ferguson came in. So I'm with Adrian, really. I don't see them challenging. I think the goals are going to be an issue because Tommy's carried them last year. That's going to be an interesting one to see if he can develop into a championship player. I think League One potentially could, be, could have been his level. But I think the most attractive looking appointment is Grayson at Blackpool. Yeah. I'm very impressed with the business they've done as well. I think Devitt is a tremendous player, has been a tremendous player for Carlisle. That's a very good get. Seeing the fans back in as well. Yeah, of course. And he's been promoted with them before, I believe, hasn't he? Oh, he certainly um, was the boss there. I think he took them up. And um, 
yeah, I mean, they, they look good towards the end of the year, just struggling getting maximum points. They had a lot of draws towards the end of the season, but I see them potentially being dark horses this season. Those the the managers, though, the big stories, of course, about issues off the pitch when it comes to this league. The EFL then with their statements about Berry and about Bolton, who would play, who wouldn't play. Uh, we've spoken a bit at the start about both clubs, but with the latest, it's Mike Minate from BBC Radio Manchester. Where does it leave Barry? Well, still without a game on Saturday, which in in my certain living memory, and I think in the EFL's time, that they've they've never had to forcefully postpone a fixture. So it still leaves them without that, and they still need extra information from Steve Dale, the Barry owner, in regards to the CVA and how he's going to fund it. Yes, the CVA can go through and is agreed by creditors, but the EFL need to know that that won't affect them building a team and, and putting a team out on Saturday. And what they've not seen so far is proof that Steve Dale can fund that CVA. So that leaves them at the moment in doubt. And if they haven't provided that by Friday at midday, then the Accrington game a week on Saturday could also fall short. The CVA is good news for Barry in terms of that it has effectively quartered all of their debts. They were rife with debt. And Steve Dale says he wasn't aware of this as he came into the club, that he's had to work hard to uncover all of these debts. What this does is means that they only pay 25% of those. This is the most important thing. The club could have gone into liquidation without this CVA. The good news is it hasn't. And we still have a Berry Football Club, A, for us to report on, and B, for the, the fans to support. And they've been really hit hard by this. Mike Mine with the, the latest on that. I know, Joe, that, that we've had a little chat about Bolton and, and how well they will do. They're going to end the season in a positive, do you think? Are they going to end the season? Are they going to make it through the season? I saw, I saw quite a funny tweet from a Bolton fan, and it just kind of shows the, the gallows humour that persists around football fans, regardless of whether things are going well or bad. Uh, and it was one of these websites that tweeted, uh, who's your team's best signing? Who's your team's worst signing? Dream finish, worst finish. And for the last two, dream finish was yes. Worst finish was no. <laughs> um, and the signings are not applicable, are they? No, no, not at all. So, have you even looked at where you get your your twelve points from to be back in the in the no, positive? If if you look at the betting, it, it it baffles me because Bolton are going to until they sign some players, they're going to be the same price as they are to beat every team. And I mean, Wickham aren't going to be pulling up trees this season. Bolton are nine to one to beat them. Away, away from home. So that's the kind of uphill battle that, that Bolton have got. Yet mm. they're around about even money to to be relegated. So that makes them odds on to stay in the division. Is it definitive that they're going to be sanctioned further for the Brentford game that was called off the back end of last season as well? I imagine it will Good be. Points. But given, given how, how the EFL dragged their feet over Birmingham last season mm. uh, and then just suddenly handed out punishment, I imagine it'll be three points or four points on top of... 12. On top of the 12 that they've already got. I think the club is a big enough name to attract players if they can prove that they have the means with which to pay them. Pay them all um, season. Yeah. And if they can get a few decent loans in to get them to January and maybe bring in a couple of players on free transfers or maybe for a, a, a nominal fee, I think they may well be able to escape barely. But I'm saying that with my most optimistic hat on. The is a good shout, isn't it? Because they might be reliant on some goodwill from some of their northwest neighbours, I would yeah. imagine. So yeah, give, it, give us some players that you want League One experience for. 
can you please still pay their wages while we have them? I think that a lot of clubs will, there was, there will try was and chat help. About Chad Evans last night after it was announced that Bolton would be able to play this weekend. Suddenly, all you'd be happy with that. Um, I'd prefer to remain. Um, Bolton are then in with Rotherham and Ipswich, Berry, Lincoln and Milton Keynes and Tranmere, the, the newbies to League One. Who's going to do the best and who's going to do the worst out of all of the above? I think Lincoln will be quite high up, I would imagine. Back-to-back the... back promotions? No, I don't think so. But but they might be knocking on the door for the playoffs. I would imagine they'll be they'll be towards the top end. They've got a clear identity, haven't they? They've got a way of playing and that would take them quite far. I quite like the additions that they've brought in. Jack Payne, Joe, uh, Joe Morrell. George Grant is always worth a goal or two, isn't he? Mm. So, so now I think they'll, they'll they'll be they'll be fairly strong this season. That red-haired dude on Twitter asks: Many say there isn't much difference in quality between League One and League Two. So, can Lincoln get promotion to the Championship this season? Let's have a look then at who you think's going up and who you think's going down. Relegated. I, I don't want to say alongside Bolton and Berry Joe. I don't want to say that. Uh, who's odds on to get relegated? Bolton and Berry are odds on to get relegated. Sam, do Bolton and Berry go down? Is that the correct answer? Afraid so, but yeah. uh, no, I concur with, with with Adrian about the the, the, the Bolton getting some loanees in. A year ago, probably still would have attracted contracted players and free transfers. I think that's an issue now. Mm. You know, you don't go to a football club that's in such disarray. The loanees, great shout. A year ago, you would have gone there because it's such a great club. But it's a, it's a big issue now. You say those two, I have got Rochdale down, despite the improvement under uh, Brian Barry Murphy. It's, you know, asking Ian Henderson to do it again, season after season. Um, they survived last year. And the other two I'm concerned about are Southend and my mate uh, Wally Downs at AFC Wimbledon. Interesting. Yeah, look, I can't, I can't sit here and say that Southend are going to have a great season. It's, the squad is really... Can you l- sit here and say they're going to get relegated? Uh, maybe, yeah. Accrington Stanley, Adrian? Sorry? Accrington Stanley? No, the, no, I'm not tipping them to go down this year. As soon as they beat Marseille in that friendly, I was like, no, I'm Team, I'm team Stanley. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Barry Bolton, Southend. And the, the two that I'm worried about, two big clubs, actually, that... I think there have to be question marks about a Coventry because they've lost they've lost key players and they're playing at St Andrews, which is yeah. a, a blow for them. Lost some good players and Doncaster. They've lost their manager who who was very impressive, I thought. And they've lost Tommy Rowe, Herbie Kane, Malik Wilkes, John Marquis has been linked with a, a move to the Championship as well. If he goes, I think Doncaster might be the shock strugglers. And what about the other end of the table? I think Sunderland um, are my champions today. Yep. I'm going to go for, I'm going to, well, I'm a big fan of the business they've done. Uh, I think Jordan Willis is, again, a Rolls Royce of a defender. Yeah. I put him in the same bracket as Pinnock and Lindsay, who I loved last year in, yep. in League One. And I think Mark McNulty is an inspired signing. I, I really do. I think he's very different from what they had in, in Grigg and White last year. Um, there's a lot of talk about Elliot Embleton as well coming back from Grimsby, who I was fortunate to see a couple of times. With him and McGeady, that should be enough of a supply. Yes, they need to be better defensively and they need to build on those kind of one-nil advantages they were able to get on a number of occasions and not put teams to the sword. But I think Jack Ross could get it right this year. And I think the squad is stronger than my, my runners-up, which will be Portsmouth. OK. Yeah, no, I, I definitely team Sunderland this year. I think they'll be champions, I'd, I'd, maybe by, by a distance, just because they were good already. They hardly yeah. lost any games, and they've made the improvements that Sam's outlined. So, And, and Jack Ross 
will have learned from his mistakes that he made last year, I think, as well. He's smart enough to do that. My number two will be Rotherham because I rate the manager massively. Yes, they've lost Volks and Ajayi. Still a very strong squad. They've signed some some decent players. Uh, Ladapa, obviously, who scored loads in a struggling side last year. Just one of a number of good players that have come in. So they'll be my top two. And then I'm looking at Ipswich or Peterborough to maybe uh, win the playoffs. The only, only spanner in the works is if a manager in the league above suddenly goes and then they have a little look at some of these other managers that, that are doing well, would, would Paul Warren be one of those maybe necessarily? Right. Maybe. Right. I think the building blocks are I'm there, just, aren't I'm they? Just, I'm just worried. No, I, I, wonder I, wonder how, I wonder how long Phil Parkinson decides to, well, to stay at Bolton before yeah. he gives it the old... Well, he did it. In my opinion, he deserves a, a shot at a team who've got a bit of cash. Yeah. I was just laying that caveat down. Mm. Um, do you want to add any you to the equation? Think, then, Caroline, you're no, looking no, a little I'm bit mischievous I'm there. Saying nothing. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. I, I think I think Ipswich are going to win the league. I just think Sunderland... Said in, no one ever. <laughs> I, I just think Sunderland in losing Lee Catamol is big and bigger than people are making out. I think he's a huge character on and off the pitch at, at Sunderland uh, and he even chipped in with some goals last season as well I'd love um, someone to pull their shorts up like him yeah. for the duration of this season <laughs> one of the lads just to take it on um, I'm going to miss that Pom- Pompey, Pompey have lost Clark as well out of defence he was a big player for them last season so I think Ipswich might just sneak it but then it's one of Sunderland or Pompey to, to finish second to them uh, I think there's no dispute that Norwood's the best signing yeah. and you know I, I would put him Probably a little bit above McNulty in terms of what he could produce. I think he could be the top scorer. He's already, I think he got a hat-trick at Colchester. They play them every year already. I think yeah. him and Jackson could La- be a Lambert's real force. proven manager, isn't he? I mean, I, I, I would trust Paul Lambert. And it's 11 injuries going into the first game of the season, oh, though. And oh. the start is going to be yeah. pivotal, I and think. They've got them. a lot of young players, haven't they, Ipswich, that have been making their way but not getting much football in the Championship. They'll get their chance now. I think they might do it. Well, I was, I was siding with you until you said I think they might do it. I think they'll make playoffs. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, okay. You said they were going to win it, and I'm pointing at you, Joe Crilly, which means you've got numbers to back this up, have you? Yep, Ipswich are the third favourites to win the league at 7-1, to behind the aforementioned Sunderland, who are the 7-2 favourites, and Pompey, who are 11-2 to favourites. And uh, at the bottom, we've spoke about the odds on teams. South End third favourites to go down at seven to two with Wickham and Accrington three to one. Other teams that were mentioned: Rochdale hundred to thirty, Wimbledon sixteen to five, and Doncaster a very bold shout indeed at nine to one. League One done. On to League Two. On Spotify, smart speaker, and podcast platforms everywhere. This is the Totally Football League Show from Muddy Knees Media. League Two, the place where dreams do come true. I know you are our stat man. Mr. Clark, but here's one, okay? okay? Since automatic promotion from the conference, now the National League, was introduced in 1987, none of the champions has gone straight back down. So that means we can guarantee that Leighton Orient will remain EFLers next season. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah, I'd go along with that. Okay, good. Solid team. Tick. Uh, Salford? Solid team. I don't. I don't think either will get promoted. I don't think either will go down. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Daryl Clark and Paul Hurst are back in jobs and in League Two with Walsall and Scunthorpe. Ryan Lowe is back um, with Plymouth Argyle, who many are tipping, aren't they? Joe Crilly from William Hill, Sam Parkin also here, and Adrian Clark and Chris Eagles to Oldham. 
former Manchester United players into league football, that one has to top them all. Anyone else in this league that you'd like to discuss? Well, I think Mansfield are high up in the, the reckoning. The one question mark is that it's a rookie manager, but um, me and Adrian were talking about it yesterday, actually. Uh, good business in terms of the strikers straight away, Cook uh, and Maynard. Did you see the video of Nicky Maynard <laughs> being signed by Mansfield? No, I've seen a hell of a lot of them and yeah, some have been better than others. Video. Is this a good one? Oh no, well, it's good if you like cringing. Carolyn Radford arriving at the airport oh, in her Rolls Royce, convertible Rolls Royce <laughs> with the personalised number plate and uh, the best bit is though she holds up her iPad and it just says Maynard on it, doesn't it? Which is brilliant. <laughs> she greets him at the airport. On the flip side of that, did you see the parody from Atherton Collieries, uh, who uh, kind of went to a Starbucks in the middle of Atherton, which is right next to Bolton, and did the signing of their player Brilliant. at a table in Starbucks after driving around in, I think it was like a Hyundai i20 or something like that. which is a very classy well, car if you got the cash i suppose you know you can, you're okay to, you're entitled to flaunt it a little bit I and guess. mansfield have put their money where their, their mouth well, is and we think they'll do all you're, right a lot of managers say you're only ever as good as your strikers they've probably got the two best strikers in the division in, in maynard and cook so yeah. on the basis that they were pretty good without them last year i'd put them right up there uh, John Dempster in at Mansfield. Uh, Ryan Lowe, as I mentioned, at Plymouth Argyle. Why, why is there so much talk around Plymouth Argyle, do you think, Joe? I think they've got the momentum. <laughs> and it's bizarre to say that. A team who got relegated. Uh, but they have the momentum of, of Ryan Lowe going in and taking five of the players from Bury yeah. uh, that performed so well in the division last season, I think. Took the physio as well. And the, well, <laughs> and the physio, yeah. I, I think that, uh, that Plymouth are... Uh, well deserved to be in the, the top couple in the betting to go up. Daryl Clark and Paul Hurst, I always thought were given a bit of a rum deal. And and when they were coming through, again, this might be them coming through the non-league system, but just looked at them and thought they've got everything. A bit like the Cowley brothers, they had everything about them to do well. And it's kind of always sort of stuttered a little. Uh, Walsall and Scunthorpe, can we see them doing well? Um, I think... I'd fancy Scunthorpe to go slightly better than Walsall. I don't think they're going to be in the promotion mix, either of them. He'll, I wouldn't say regret maybe that move to Ipswich, but obviously that that's happened. I think the, the job he's done at, at Grimsby and, and Shrewsbury shows you that he will go into Scunthorpe and get them organised and, and given time. Mm. Uh, will probably bring, bring in the right characters to make them competitive again. But it, there's been a lot of comings and goings at that club um, if he can get Van Veen going again who, who I like as a as a player and he's got Novak there as well I think there's goals in the team Songo's a good arrival as well for, from Plymouth I just think it's going to be too much to, to get them competitive this year uh, and Walsall I think Jeff Bonds has stepped uh, down in, in the last few days so there's a change in, in ownership there at, at that club and that may take a little bit of time as well but mm. two good managers who oh, yeah. thoroughly deserve another opportunity at two good clubs. Yeah, they've signed a lot, hasn't he? Daryl Clark also, I'm just looking through the list. Matt Sadler stands out as a good one. Shrewsbury centre-half that he worked with before. Uh, Gary Liddell from, from Carlisle. We've got Danny Guthrie, who's been on trial and he's, he's su successfully come through that trial, which looking back at my footballing days, not many trialists ever got taken on when I was a player. You'd always get tons and tons. You'd have to be a sensational really to get a contract off. The Is it still of worth doing that? Well, you know, yeah. that when the team sheet comes out, obviously it's worth going on trial, but when the team sheet comes out and you've got a friend in, it's just trialist, 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 trialist. Everyone's there with their their phones, aren't they? Everyone knows who it is. I mean, just yes. put their name down. Somebody 
hilarious on social media will go, oh, I bet the trialist family are proud today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right. It's worth it just for that mm. for that joke every yeah. year recycle. But just tell us who it is, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, you're not kidding anyone, really. If you, no. if you follow, if you know these players, yeah. What, what's the big deal about revealing their names? That's, that's where I stand on it. Well, I, I think that was a worthy conversation to have. Thank <laughs> you. At the Totally Show for your thoughts on anything that you hear throughout the show and throughout the season. Right, it's been a, a tough summer for Late Orient following the passing of manager Justin Edinburgh. Let's speak to their director, Matt Porter, on how things have changed over the summer. How difficult has this summer been after Justin's death? Yeah, obviously a summer of contrasting emotions. You know, we had the immense high of, of winning the National League and regaining our, our Football League status. And obviously that was followed up um, not long after by, by the tragic loss of, of Justin Edinburgh. So it's something that we've had to come to terms with as a club, um, something that was very difficult and something that we've had to, to seek a lot of strength from each other and, and from, you know, the support of organisations like the PFA and the LMA and and the, the, the wider football world, really, you know, fans and, and other clubs with their messages of support have really helped. So, um, you know, it's important for us that we honour Justin the right way and that we that we ensure that his legacy at the football club lives on um, and, and that we continue on the upward curve that the, the football club's been on for the last couple of years. And for, for Ross, Emerton taking over, being part of that, having known Justin so well too, how have you try to put an arm around him support him support one another yeah I mean Ross is obviously a very young um, head coach and and um, you know someone who we, we believe very strongly in he's, he's been associated with the club for a long long time um, as a fan when he was a kid and then uh, very young when I was chief exec a, a good while ago now he was he was our academy manager so Ross is someone I've known personally for a long time and someone who everybody around the club is very familiar with and he's somebody that we're confident can take us forward um, but Ross, Danny Webb, who's his assistant, and Joby McEnough, who stepped up to play a coach, are obviously, um, you know, a young and an experienced managerial team. So, in order for them to have the right level of support and and um, and, and reassurance around them, uh, you know, our director of football, Martin Ling, who's pretty much done everything that there is to do uh, in the game, he will be, you know, he will be working with them on a on a, a close basis to ensure that. You know, they get that level of support, guidance and uh, an experience that he can offer. I have got no doubt, having seen how well as a team they all came together during Justin's time at the club, that they'll be galvanised anyway. But what what have you said as a board, as a club, about what the expectations are now for this season? Well, we're very realistic. You know, we, we overachieved in getting out of the National League within two years. We set ourselves a target of three to four years to do that and we managed to do it in two. Um, you know, we're not saying that there's a tearing rush to, to, to go straight up to League One. Obviously, it'd be very nice. It's not something that we'd have any sort of problem with. But we're not putting that level of pressure on the management and, and the players. You know, we're, we're realistic. We, we want to continue the football club's, um, you know, upward trajectory. And that's in, in all aspects, community, academy, uh, all, all commercial, all our operations need, need to continue improving. Um, and, and you find that it, with football clubs, it, it, if everything else is done properly, then on the field success is easier to achieve than if there's any kind of disruption off the field. So as a board, we want to make sure that there's stability and continuity and hope that that breeds success on the pitch. 
This week in the life of the EFL has been difficult in so much as what's happened with Berry, what's happened with, with Bolton. I don't know if you've seen the Berry chairman, Steve Dale, saying that the EFL is, is working against the club at the moment. What do you make of what's gone on there? Are the EFL fit for purpose? The Football League get quite a lot of criticism on this front and I think some of it's unfounded. Um, some of it comes from, you know, it's quite easy to, to level at the Football League and, and having been in and around it myself a little bit a few years ago, I saw how, how difficult it is for, for the Football League to gain control over clubs and in many ways that's not a control that they're entitled to because clubs are independent businesses and they're owned by individuals or groups who you know, within the laws of the country, have a right to run that business how they like. You know, clearly the, the Football League as a, as a governing body wants to see all its clubs run properly. And I, and I know that there's a review going on of governance and, and what level of involvement that the EFL should have in crisis clubs, in inverted commas. Um, but I think it's very easy just to point the finger at the Football League when, when football clubs get in, into difficulty. Um, and sometimes that isn't always the right way to go about it. So I think you will see change in the Football League's um, activities and, and actions in that in that field over the next couple of years. But I don't think it's it's fair to say that, that you know these, these issues that many clubs have brought on themselves through poor internal management. Uh, I don't think it's fair to, to levy all of that at the Football League. Matt Porter, Leighton Orient director. Elsewhere in in League Two, then. Let's have a look at who you think's going up and who you think's going down. Although we've all, I think, mentioned Plymouth Argyle. Does yeah. anyone want to argue against that? No, I've got, I've got Plymouth as my champions. I mean, this has been the hardest one. I don't know about you, Adrian, yeah, yeah. but I think there's seven or eight teams you can make a case for. I'm not yeah. saying there's seven or eight outstanding teams. I just don't think there's probably those ones that are really uh, above the others at the at the moment. So I'm going for Plymouth. I think they've, along with Mansfield, have got the best squad. Mm. So I'm going Plymouth, Mansfield, and then I'm going to let my heart rule my head. And I'm going to say Swindon in third. Mm. Bradford's my other team, who I think have got a tremendous squad. But I just think to, to switch it on mm. after such a desperate season last year may take a little bit more time. Although Gary Bowyer, big fan of his, but I'm an even bigger fan of Richie Wellens. Bradford. Lost to Bolton in a pre-season friendly. Not Bradford, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like your Ipswich shout. No, they've got the losing habit, haven't they? Uh, Vaughan and Donaldson, I just said that Mansford have got the two best strikers in the division. James Vaughan and Clayton Donaldson are pretty tasty for, for Bradford. I would go Mansford and Plymouth for sure. My dark horses are Newport to be like a solid Lincoln-type side yeah. that just doesn't lose many games again. And I'm going to chuck Northampton into the mix. They, they improved massively under Keith Curl after he came in and he's got some good players in and McCormack from Luton was one mm. of them um, and he got them in really early in the summer so watch out for Northampton I think they'll be much more interesting I think we're going to be talking about them a lot more than we did last year which was hardly ever to be honest uh, I know I mentioned Chris Eagles he's gone to Oldham I'm surprised that, that none of you have looked at Salford and Leighton Orient and seen the progression of other clubs that have gone straight through the, the leagues and not thought that that would happen what about the other end then who's going down who's dropping out of the football league yeah. Joe I thought you were going there Joe hey I've, Joe's, uh, dropping, out. Le- Joe's <laughs> dropping out of the football league I've not learned anything from last season but I'm going to say Macclesfield <laughs> again just as I no, did then. as I sat here this time last season is um, that because Sol Campbell's going to go no, it's not because of that. It's because, well, Adrian just spoke about Northampton's business. They've taken Big Smith, who was the one of the top men for, for Macclesfield. Wilson's gone to, to Oldham. 
Dad Reese Cole as well from Brentford. They've lost three of their better players, certainly the ones that were doing the business in the final third. And they've tried to replace them, but it's, it's unproven lads from, from non-league, which some of them may work out. He did amazingly well last year, but I just think with a, a blank canvas, with a whole season in front of him, it'll be too difficult. I think they will struggle, but I think he'll keep them up. If he stays, I think, I think they'll be all right. I can see where you're both coming from. I think they'll be definitely in the bottom four or five. My two that I'm predicting sort of miserable campaigns for would be Crawley. Wasn't hugely impressed with, with, with their manager after he came in. Looking at the signings they've made this summer, I don't see that them being any better, possibly worse. And, and Grimsby, Grimsby's form was really bad towards the end of last season. And they've lost Embleton back to Sunderland. And I feel that momentum's against Grimsby. So uh, I'm going to tip those two. Joe, the numbers. Who's right? Who's wrong? <laughs> Who are you laughing in the face of? Well, Macclesfield are the favourites at 130. Uh, the team that I tend to pick and have picked for the last two years on this show, um, Morecambe, 7-2. <laughs> um, so third time lucky or stroke unlucky? I'm going to swerve them. This oh. Actually, no, for the sake of Morecambe fans, I'm going to go for them again and they'll probably stay up. Morecambe always start well and then they, mm. they hurtle down the table, don't they? But, yeah. but never far enough. <laughs> um, Crawley, 9-2. Grimsby, 5-1. Cambridge, 6-1. Cheltenham, look decent value at 7-1. Uh, all of those will be all right. We are looking ahead to the weekend and the games start on Friday. Luton up against Middlesbrough in the Championship. Other game that you want to pick out from the Championship this weekend? Bristol City Leeds, wasn't it? Um, a lot of people fancying Bristol City. I'm not quite on that Why? bandwagon. I just think that there's still improvements to be made to that, that squad. I still think they're a little bit light. I saw them at the back end of the last season at Millwall, I think, in a game they, they had to win and I just think going into a season with Jiju, uh, Vyman... Definitely have signed a striker. Yeah, going into a season with those chaps, I just don't think there's enough there. Good business in terms of Callas and um, Jay De Silva, um, the the left-back, obviously, from Chelsea, to get them permanently. That's a steal, isn't it? Yeah. Two million? Yeah, yeah, it's a really good, uh, incredible deal, especially they lost the lad to to, to Bournemouth. But I think creativity is a problem for... Uh, for Bristol City as well I'd just like to see a little bit more of a spark coming from the midfield and someone to get them the goal so uh, but but a really good game you know in prospect and uh, like I touched on earlier I expect Leeds to be right up there especially at the start of the season you know given how well they started last year I think they won their first four league games Yeah, I'd pick out Forest West Brom Uh, obviously they made the change no Martin O'Neill anymore Uh, Lamushi coming in (sighs) not sure about that although they have been raving about a couple of the, the signings he's brought in, brought in. Thiago Silva, been reading a lot of positive things mm. about him, a, a tricky little midfield player. So, so that'd be fascinating to see how Forest are. They've signed a good goalkeeper, haven't they? The, the City number two, or number two stroke three has come in. Will he make a difference? And West Brom, what are they going to be like under Slaven Bilic? I mean, everyone seems to love Slaven. He's signed. Quite a lot of burly players I've noticed uh, during the summer. Obviously, Zahor and Ajayi mm-hmm. stand out. Are they going to go back to being the West Brom of old where they sort of rough up the opposition, I wonder? So um, I, I don't fancy West Brom to to go up. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be an interesting game. With, with Dawson off to Watford as well, I do, do worry about West Brom 
defensively. League one, uh, I'm going to pick it all out for you. Sunderland, Oxford, or should that be Sunderland up against Ben Woodburn? How many headlines did he get going to Oxford United and Coventry Southend? That's the one at, at Birmingham, like you were saying. How, what an impact that might have, Mr. Clark. Well, yeah, how many will be there? That would be, be interesting to start with. Um, I live in the area and it's, it's it takes quite a while to get from Coventry Are you going? to Birmingham. Um, <laughs> no. Actually, if I'm free, I might go. Yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting. I'll go in the Southend end, of course. But yeah, that's that's an interesting game. How will they adapt? It's not going to be an easy environment at all for Coventry. And we've spoken about Southend. The, the slight lack of leadership is sort of highlighted by the fact that Mark Milligan has come in as a new sign-in and he's taken the captain's armband. So so how will that impact on the dressing room? And Salford-Stevenage in League 2. I'm only mentioning that because Salford are going to be on telly every yeah. week, aren't mm. they? So should we just get out of the way early? Well, I'm not saying... We had a tweet about it, didn't we? Did we? Yeah. What did it say? We're not allowed to say what everyone's going to say about Salford. Okay. About the people that are going to be watching from the director's box, what oh. they're referred to as. So, should we talk about the fact that I quite like their burgers? Yeah. That's that's one good and reason. Quite, when they did the documentary, they had a nice odd job man, didn't they, around yeah. the ground? Yeah. He was yeah. good. Although I liked he was, him. he was unhappy that maybe he was getting sidelined a bit. And we can talk about how they shouldn't be paying Rooney. We don't. It's not relevant anymore now no. they're a league side. No, and so Stevenage. Stevenage, well, we liked Stevenage, didn't we, last year? Yeah. Towards the the end of the year, they were something just a little bit missing. They've lost Elias Chair, who you know scored some um, sensational goals for him. But Guthrie, I really liked last season, and um, they've still got Danny Newton as well. And I think he's back fit this season. So, yeah, they could go slightly better. They could be a shout for maybe that last playoff spot. Right, we're nearly done. Joe Crilly, anything else you want to add? On Salford, I've said it already today, but I reckon they'll be on TV more than Norwich this season. Oh. Did you actually say that out loud? <laughs> I said it before the show. Okay, thank you yeah, for I saying it for it, the mate. purposes of yeah. the show. Top quality. I'd, I, rec- I reckon that's an odds-on chance. Can we put money on that? No. No. <laughs> right, we've gone on longer than we did last season, Savage. which is saying something, but we are all set for 2019-20. Thanks to Adrian, to Sam and to Joe. You can be part of it too at the totally show but remember to tune in every wednesday not tuesday i mean you can tune in tuesday to hear last wednesdays but it's wednesdays that you're tuning in for the new one ahead of the weekend thank you goodbye you've been listening to the totally football league show a muddy knees media production for sales and advertising please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter and make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com.